When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take it away whenever you're ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Return of the Badasses, part tray. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Bloodsport, the 1998 action martial art ex- extravaganza directed by Newt Arnold, who at one time was the two-time recipient of the DGA Award for his work as assistant director in The Godfather 2 and 12 Angry Men. Nice. Men, and then in the twilight of his career, he did this. <laughs> uh, this movie is written by Christopher Co- Cosby and Mel Friedman. Two literal who's don't even have an IMDb, IMDb page. And Sheldon Ledich, who was working as kind of like a spec script author until he wrote this thing and got the attention of everybody. He wrote Rambo 3 for Stallone. He was uh, 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 JCVD's muse wrote almost all of his scripts in the prime of his career yeah uh it's based on the the life story of frank du dukes uh a canadian martial artist fight choreographer and author and as far as i can tell giant con man but we'll probably get into that (laughs) yeah i'm interested Uh, to hear more about that it stars jean-claude van damme this is his Mm. first performance no uh yeah, his, I think his first credited performance in America. Yes, he he, he wore he a green he, he wore a red bodysuit for the Predator for a couple of weeks right. and said "fuck this" and some kind of crazy uh, Brussels accent and walked off the set mm-hmm. uh, and then on to Bloodsport and into history because this movie was a monster hit back in the day. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. Um, it's also stars Donald Gibb, uh, who was huge in the 80s as just kind of a hulking bad guy on stage and the TV. Uh, you might know him best as Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Ayers, uh, another kind of literal who. She did this and like two other television things as far as I can tell. Uh, Norman Burton, some rando 60s and 70s character actor that was just kind of counting time before retirement. And Forrest motherfucking Whitaker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw him in here. I'm like, oh, my God, this might be one of his first roles. Nope. He did Fast Times, Color of Money, Good Morning Vietnam and Platoon before he slid into this. Of course, modern fans might recognize him from Black Panther, Star Wars, Rogue One, Mm -hmm. Southpaw, which we're going to be looking at real soon. And won an Academy Award back in 2006 for The Last King of Scotland. And finally, Bolo Young, uh, who is honestly still like. A terrifying person in this film. Dude. Bull Young, there are a couple of shots in this movie that gave me nightmares as a child. Like he would haunt my yeah. dreams because he's terrifying. Yeah. He's he's yeah, got he I can't describe his upper body. It's something out of like a, a fantasy novel. And then he the face he makes in one of those shots it scared me as a child. I was terrified of this man. The karate face in this film is 11 <laughs> out of 10 from almost everyone involved. Uh, yeah. This man looks like Bruce Lee if he added 80 pounds of pure muscle. 
Like, yeah, I, I cannot believe this guy's fucking physique and, and the way he can still move. And like when he does a couple times where they, they, they like zoom in on his fist curling into like a weapon. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get hit by that thing. That's like that. Yeah. And Mike Tyson's fist might be the two scariest things from my childhood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this movie. This is a really well. So first of all, this is way later in the 80s than I thought it was. Like, in fact, Mm -hmm. when you watch it, I would have sworn on a Bible that this was shot in like 82 or 83 because it has got a lot of elements that are very dated in it, even for its time. Yeah, it's composed Um, almost entirely of those elements. (laughs) And that's the so so like I I really enjoyed this film on an uh, back in a kid when I was a kid. um, I would enjoy this completely unironically. Like this, this like was super influential for kid neighborhood karate fights. Like we were all doing the (laughs) extremely exaggerated karate faces and the striking the pose after you hit a guy and ah, holding, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. um, when I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it in good 15 years. I, I gotta say it's not as good. I don't think as I remembered it, not even close. No, I, this used to be one of my all-time favorite martial arts movies, and uh, I, I, watching it again, I'm just like, oh my god, this is a very, very bad movie. It leans so hard into those 80s tropes you're talking about that it kind of blew my mind. Th- this movie has no fewer than four montages in it, uh, oh, some of so which are flashbacks, montages. like flashback there- montages to training sequences. <laughs> Uh, it, it has a freeze frame at the end, like yeah. 1980s. Hello, <laughs> yeah, like 10 minutes in this movie, John Claude Van Damme gets this kind of like confused. I just smelled a fart look on his face, and it dissolves mm-hmm. into him as a 12 year old, a French punk on some kind of army based deployment deal. And 20 minutes later, it dissolved back into his confused fart smelling face. I'm like, oh, my God, that whole entire thing was a flashback with two separate montages in it. They start off the movie with back to back montages. There's like a montage of right. them, you know, preparing the gym for the Kumite. There's uh, and at the same right. time, we're meeting all the competitors. Right. And then, yeah, they go to the fart face montage. Yeah, man. It's wild how you know much how this movie we're always, on this. We're, we're, we're always decrying in The Walking Dead how, like, they never really invest in the characters. And then, like, when they die, they always have <laughs> yeah. the five-minute speech at. This movie just straight up does that in the first ten minutes of the film. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, we forgot to give anyone a reason to care about any of these people. Let's do a 20-minute <laughs> flashback and invent this guy's fake Asian stepdad that secretly hate trains him to be this good whose family was killed in the atomic bombing of Hiroshima like yeah they're really like what's the shortest shortcut we can find to make you care right right and it's like it's kind of breathtaking like I don't know they're yeah that's it's it's a lot um yeah you know if you if you watch this as a kid in the 80s and early 90s uh you know Obviously, you're going to love it. If you're watching it now, it's still a hoot, man. Um, There is a lot of like really fun stuff in here. There's also a lot of really great on location shots. Like I have long Hmm. been fascinated with that uh, Kowloon walled city Mm -hmm. the Hong Kong had, and it was torn down in the mid 90s. And this thing was so influential to like 
anime and uh, like uh, cyberpunk shit that like it's like you've seen if you've never heard of this, you have seen it represented in, in, in art and manga and comic books and, you know, movies and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think we I was shocked some some version of that in dread, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I think like this, this I don't just know like, much about this for people who don't know. Do you how much how much do you know about this city? Is it I know uh, I've been a fat. So I, I'm really fascinated with these extreme type of places like Sealand. Same type of thing. Right, some dude right. just squatted on some kind of old uh, anti aircraft artillery battery and like the Irish Sea or some <laughs> shit. Now and, he's hosting you know, torrent servers out of it. Sure. Yeah. 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 And they had a running gun battle at one point and they declared themselves. <laughs> I like shit like this. So apparently this was like um, some kind of like old temple or fortress within the growing city of Hong Kong. And because of there was a like a land dispute or like um, it, it was kind of I think the movie kind of lays out the broad strokes that there's some kind of like weird gap in international treaty or who actually owned it. And a lot of the uh, the poor residents just started going to work, man. Mm-hmm. And they built within this this city this six to seven to eight story, just not planned, not engineered, just constructed pile of buildings just stacked on top of each other. Just just a, just a nest of just uh, rooms. And there was classrooms and there was metal shops and industry uh, and like the population density, I guess, of this place was at one time the highest in the whole fucking world. <laughs> and if you search it up, it's like uh, K.O.W.L.O.O.N. Mm-hmm. Walled City. There's tons and tons of information. There's like cool cross sections you can find of it. And I've seen like pictures of it and I've seen like a grainy documentary that someone filmed in the like late 80s. But I was shocked to see that this was one of the very few um, Hollywood films that were able to film within it. And Mm -hmm. it was really cool to see like this stuff like preserved on film. Who knew that in the heart of this thing, there's an underground fighting temple. But, you know, uh, Bloodsport blew the lid off of uh, uh, that in this documentary. Oh, yeah. Uh, And there's also. Oh, go ahead. It's 100 percent true. Everything in Bloodsport definitely really happened. Right. That's what the Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes said it's good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, But like there's also just some really jaw dropping views of mid 80s Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a particular shot of like Van Damme doing some uh, forms while he's doing a split on a balcony that looks like it's a million stories high and just looking over the entire like river valley of Hong. I mean, that shit's just objectively well shot and beautiful. Yeah. Um, There's some other cool shots. So, I, I like some of the work they do during the martial arts tournaments, um, sort of putting you in the crowd and kind of spinning around yeah. and yeah, yeah, neat stuff. Uh, but if you're going in this blind in 2021, I do have to tell you that there is some of the, Worst kind of stereotypes in this mm-hmm. film. Uh, super offensive. There is some terrible, horrible sexism played as just kind of like one of the guys, you know, uh, oh, what, yeah. like I was I forgot that Jackson was like a good guy because in the first of the film, he's such a he's just such clearly going to be the villain. You know, one <laughs> of the, 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 the foils, the counter the counterpoint to Jean-Claude Van Damme that when he turns to that makes to turn to like best friend and, and face with Van Damme. I'm like, what? And then also I thought like, Oh, well they're going to use him as a way to like, you know, contrast between the genteelness of Van Damme. Van Damme's a giant pig in this movie too. Really? <laughs> he doesn't sure. know it. And the script doesn't either, but yo, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, yeah they, they if, don't if do, you know that, do Ray any favors in that first scene where he sits down next to that Chinese woman and starts just <laughs> well, terrifying let's just say her for being recreational gross American. Yeah, yeah, he's just recreationally terrifying this woman, and it's it's yeah. it's fine because he doesn't know any he doesn't he doesn't mean anything by it. it's not like he's going to actually rape her. He's just going right. to act like he's the type of guy who's going to rape her. Yeah. <laughs> And what is she going to, you know, what reason? I, I don't know for his own j- j- uh, entertainment, just because he's kind of a bad guy. And then the movie yeah. decides like one third of the way through, like, you know what? Uh, uh, Frank needs a friend. Frank needs a friend. So let's give him this guy as a friend. Yeah, they're just trying to show he he's a rough guy, right? Rough around the edges. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't yeah. have manners. Uh, you know, he's a tough guy. No, I. <laughs> this guy, this it's just like you got to choose which characters is going to be. It's like there's a character in yeah. the classic Stallone film Over the Top who Jesus. at one point is just ripping open oil cans and drinking oil right out of the can. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't make him into Stallone's best friend a couple scenes later. <laughs> He's just a mad dog. Yeah. He's just a fucking mad dog. And that's what they, but, but, but they needed uh, him to have a friend and an ally. And I guess the, uh, whoever the native Hong Kong guy that was their actually guide and ally wasn't good enough. So they invented Jackson. Yeah. Um, well, they also needed yeah. some, uh, some Apollo Rocky esque. Like if you look at this movie, it is yes. like cut from the exact same cloth as Rocky, except the cloth the is now old and it's moth eaten. And like, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, Rocky did this shit 10 years before. Uh, right, right. But they needed that like Apollo Creed getting killed and, uh, you know, the, the avenging of the friend, mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. during the tournament. They needed that. So except for they didn't even do that. Like, that's the thing when yeah. they got to the final scene in the movie. I'm like, wait a second. I thought this guy was dead. <laughs> well, this movie thinks it has more honor than it does. I don't know that the, the, like him, him saying checkmate is basically as good as killing him for mm. what I thought was the killing of Ray. I'm with you. Like I thought, Oh man, Chong Lee has killed him here. Mm-hmm. And then now uh, he's totally fine. He's back to regular old Ray by the end of this. I'm pretty sure the movie established that he was dead. Like, I just don't understand how, and I, but, but there's a lot of stuff to confuse me about that second to last bout that we can get into okay. before we get into the total spoilers, I guess for people who are, yeah, brand new to this film. This is what this movie is about. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Frank Dukes, uh, a captain in the uh, U.S. Army who, for old reasons, because he owes a debt, a life debt for his mentor's son, mm-hmm. decides to go AWOL, flee the military to fight in this legendary, but very underground, very illegal, very secretive karate tournament called the Kumite. I actually looked this up. Kumite literally just means like boxing match. Yeah. In karate Sparring, terms. So, that kind of thing. But it's the Kumite and it's a it's a blood sport where you, apparently you can just kill dudes and it's okay, except for it's not, it turns out. I don't know. Yeah, the legalities it, of a lot of happenings in this movie are questionable. Right. It, it it's ran by the triad, so that which establishes uh the the Hong Kong gangsters, but they're never seen. But that's the excuse that's um, being investigated by an American journalist woman who is there only to be the love interest for Jean-Claude Van Damme. And will Jean-Claude go and uh, uphold his adopted family's honor? Will he win the tournament? Will he maintain his good guy status for the film? Who knows? 
you'll have to watch the film to find out. It's a brisk 93 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't ever kind of really slow or bog down except for like one maybe montage. But there's enough funny stuff (laughs) to keep you laughing that it doesn't feel slow. Um, But yeah, that's that's the movie. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you want to talk about Jean-Claude Van Damme at first? I, I think that's a great idea. Because I found myself as watching this film and thinking about, because I've seen a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme's work. I think, you know, he is unlike almost every other person that's on our badass Rushmore. And that when I think of his films, I think of like Double Impact, Hard Target, Lionheart. But other than like Bloodsport and Time Cop and Universal Soldier, mm-hmm. they all just kind of blend together into a whir of mullets and split kicks. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes he's wearing underwear. Sometimes he's wearing acid wash jeans and cowboy boots. But it's all kind of the same film. And I can't really yeah. say that about Arnold's work like Conan commando right red heat predator uh these are very like these are very different I mean they're kind of the same films but they're very different in like their location the characters he's playing the bad guys the op- and and Van Van Damme is just kind of not like that yeah I don't know what it is because it, all these movies you're mentioning it's not like they're really similar i mean like dennis rodman is in a movie where he does karate with jean-claude van damme uh you think that would be more memorable than it is uh i want to say mickey rourke is in that movie too uh double team but but like they're they're pretty varied movies as far as like what he's doing and where he's doing it it's just that none of them are good enough to stand out Whereas I feel yeah. like all those all those other uh, badasses that we've been talking about, Arnold and, and Stallone and, you know, The Rock guys like that, they all have um, some, like like a charisma. You remember their characters. It, it's not just the actor in that role. It's also the character they're playing. Uh, Arnold, have- Arnold is probably the best example because he's got such a variety. Like to- you didn't mention Total right. Recall or Terminator like. All sure. of those movies Running are Man. so different and they're so good um, that you remember practically every scene from them, let alone just the movie itself. Whereas yeah. the JCVD stuff is so generic, so forgettable that I couldn't tell one from the other. Yeah, it's very formulaic. And I know that a lot of the you can say the same thing about a lot of the, the 80s uh, action Arnold and Stallone, but like for better or worse, they're 
were more memorable because they're more memorable guys. And I don't know why it is about John Claude that does because he's he's very handsome. He's a big guy. He's got a great physique. He's got undeniable skills. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I think the the other thing is like usually there's a signature film in these other Rushmore badasses. Yeah. Like you think of Arnold, and there's several. I mean, Terminator, uh, Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of Stallone, and you think of like First Blood. You think of Rocky. JCVD's got. Universal Soldier, I think, is clearly his best film. I think like, so. like those that guys has film that you can take seriously as an adult. Like Predator, mm-hmm. fucking holds up. It's got some cartoonish aspects here, but it still works at what it was trying to do forty years later. Yeah. Um, Stallone again, like fucking First Blood, is just an amazing film. The first two Rockies, Rockies are legitimately yeah. good films. Mm-hmm. Universal Soldier is like a C plus at best, and that's his best work, best script, yeah. best you know idea, motivation, best like you know yeah um i i think what the thing about john claude van damme is he's just sort of like a follow-on to these guys because you talk about arnold and stallone and their movies of the 80s and for stallone the 70s um they're they're kind of paving the path forward right it's not like oh they there there were these tropes that they were leaning into no they were making tropes and that's a whole yep. different thing right um john claude van damme comes in in 1988 and says, well, I'm going to do every trope they've done and I'm going to do 10 times more of it. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. becomes his career. And I think that's the difference, right? They they were paving the path. He was just walking chasing them down it. Uh, and nothing says that more than a one of the producers, which I find this absolutely hilarious. One of the producers, Mark DeSalle, said he was looking for in, in describing Jean-Claude Van Damme, looking for a new martial arts star who was a ladies man but also appeals to both men and women. And then he described Jean-Claude Van Damme as an American hero who fights for justice the American way and kicks the stuffing out of the bad guys, which twice in this sentence, he says American. Mm. I I think Mm -hmm. he doesn't maybe know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is at that point, because (laughs) there is nothing about interacting with Jean-Claude Van Damme in person or on screen that would tell you he's American. Yeah, they try to hide that, but like, oh, he grew up overseas in some kind of military base. Uh, <laughs> he's Belgian. In, like, yeah, he's yeah, he's speaking this crazy. His his teenage self is speaking like uh, a, a ridiculous French accent, and he's in a oh, it's uh, dubbed poorly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's he's on a some kind of um, Asia. I guess it would be a Japanese military base. So it's like, well, where did you get the French accent, man? Was your dad like, like off the boat, French American signed up for the military and just become a le military brat. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, the deal is. And Arnold has the same yeah. problem, but like they never, they never, they never really bother American, to explain yeah. it. Yeah. He's just, a, he's just doing, he, yeah, he's just a guy. He's an American soldier and he's doing this or he's, you know, yeah. but I, I think you, you, you also hit the nail on the head that like, um, Jean Claude and Steven Seagal were these second wave guys, mm-hmm. where like early on there was this fascination with this '80s. It was kind of like you know these guys were breaking genres and they were um you know blazing trails of these tropes and stuff. And you got like fucking Conan 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 Brian Conan the Barbarian <laughs> was written by Oliver Stone for Christ's sake. Right? Like you had like A list talent attached to this stuff. Predator directed by John McTiernan, like really talented people. By the time you get this like 
Hollywood was already kind of getting bored. Audiences too, but you could tell that like JCVD is like at home in Belgium. Again, handsome guy, beefcake, martial artist. I can do everything these guys can do except for I can actually fight. Yeah. And he also, from everything that I've ever read, he came to the shores of America expecting everything to just happen for him. Mm -hmm. Like he was just going to like, people are going to look at him and he's just going to be a star and he wasn't going to have to work for it. And I've heard that he is just kind of like not a bad guy, but just an inconsiderate pig who thought everything of himself. Yeah. And like Arnold had a bit of that. And I think even Stallone has had some of the, but like also those guys worked really hard at the craft. Like you might joke about, but Arnold took tons of like voice coaching and acting lessons. And like, you can't all see it on every single frame and says early work, but that shit eventually paid off where like Van Damme kind of peaked early and like just became a parody of himself. Like there was no Mm -hmm. paying attention to any kind of craft in his career. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, He he tended to make just the same kind of movie over and over again. Um, Yeah, because like by all rights, he did have some some very early success. Right. I mean, he comes over, he Uh makes this movie as his first movie in the the budget on this thing is less than two million. It makes 50 million worldwide in the box office. That's a success. Like he's starting to become a big star. Uh, you go into Cyborg and Kickboxer. I don't know what those did as far as box office, but you know, Kickboxer is still a pretty well-regarded movie as well. Uh, mm-hmm. In the same terms that like Bloodsport is, right? Not like, oh, this is an amazing film. But uh, as far as martial arts tournament fighters go, not bad. And this is certainly not the worst term- tournament fighter I've seen. Right? I've seen movies like what well, they're Street Fighter, which Jean Claude Van Damme is also in from five <laughs> years later. Uh, I've seen movies like some of the Mortal Kombat stuff they did is real bad. Sure. Uh, there's there's a whole genre of this death tournament. I've seen a yeah. bunch of them. So even some like I mean, even Bruce Lee did direct one, right? Video like, or hung, right. Like yeah. Enter the Dragon mm-hmm. is is that. Well, let, let me ask you this. When do you think Enter the Dragon came out? I think it was early 70s, like 71. Okay. You got 74. I actually okay. thought that it. Uh, came out before then i thought it was like maybe late 60s oh. that actually is one of the you know it is only i mean it's kind of crazy to think that this that only came out like 12 years 14 years before like it feels like uh-huh. when i was a kid that like bruce lee was ancient history and like i was living in modern times but there's not a whole lot of distance that separates enter the dragon from Bloodsport. in fact yeah um the uh the the, the uh, bolo young as like a like a nineteen twenty year old was one of the stars of Enter the Dragon. Isn't Chuck Still Norris looks in like that a, too? Is he? I know he's in one of them. I can't remember yeah. if it's that or I don't either. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I gotta confess, I haven't seen a lot of Bruce Lee films. Yeah, I think I've and seen, I've seen a, a lot. Game of I've Death. seen a lot of Bruce Lee YouTube comp- compilations. So like, I've seen him yeah. fight uh, Texas Walker Walker Texas Ranger, <laughs> uh-huh. but I. Can't I have no idea what film it's from. And uh, I've seen him fight basketball players and Texas Rangers. And sure. Yeah, sure. All that. Um, but anyway, I yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it's really hard to place the second wave because like undeniable characters, they're not great characters, but he's got a shit ton of, ton of them that are absolute badasses. Champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's like build is 510. I believe it. And he's ripped and shredded uh, yeah. great physique 
muscles from Brussels, baby. But the charisma, because he he does feel like one of those guys who was born handsome and kind of good looking and never learned like any kind of art of like any kind of personal relationship. It's like he walks in a room, expects people to think he's (laughs) awesome and like him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somehow like his presence on screen oozes ego. Um, And I don't know what it is. I don't think it's in the script. I think it's just him. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I bet his looks and his physique and whatever scraps of personality he does have go a very long way with most people. Sure. Like if you're in a room with Jean-Claude Van Damme from that era, it's probably like, okay, this is the guy to impress here because he's it. Right. And I've, I've heard other things like, like Jean-Claude, like just does not hide his emotions. Like if he's bored with something, (laughs) he's just going to like walk away from you. If he if he thinks that something's yeah. stupid, he's going to make a. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's not like he's got any kind of tact or like tactics, tactical or charm or. So I think that's huh. I, I, it's going to be tough when we go and and revisit these guys. And of course, you know, as you know, we're hosting a uh, a little badass kumita ourselves on on Twitch on our working Wednesdays at one p.m. on twitch.tv slash bald move. It's going to be tough when we're going through the. Uh, putting these people all in their historical perspectives, what to do with the Seagals and the Jean Claude's who have those undeniable, you know, they, they like Steven Seagal. When you watch under siege, I know you haven't yet. Like I wouldn't want to be in a fight with him. He's a big dude. He moves fast. He seems like he can throw you around, but like, they're just fucking empty suits, man, compared to like, you know, Arnold, the rock, uh, especially when you put them against guys like Clint Eastwood or, uh, mm. Uh, uh, goddamn, who's the guy from Die Hard? Bruce uh, the John McClane's, the Bruce Willis's. Like when you guys got, or, or, or like I said, the Rock guys who have like megawatt personalities, they just get blown off the stage by these guys. Uh, speaking of not wanting to fight people, have you heard the story that Stallone told about the time that Jean Claude Van Damme was fed up with Steven Seagal talking shit about how he could kick his ass? So no, Sylvester Stallone says they were in Miami at his house in '97. And a well-attested story. I like it. I like oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Straight from the, the horse's mouth. <laughs> uh, and and Steven Seagal was talking shit about how he could kick JCVD's ass. JCVD is there, so he goes and he says, "Let's let's take it outside right now. Let's do this." Tired of your shit. I love Seagal. it. I love it. And Seagal uh, turns him down and says no. And <laughs> Sylvester Stallone says. It, it was because he was just looking at JCVD, and he knows like he's just too strong. He can't take him. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't know if that dispute was ever resolved because uh, so Jean-Claude Van Damme wait, apparently wait. chased him to another club like Steven Skull left the, the house Sylvester Stallone's house goes to a club JCVD chases him there and, and confronts him again and says hey let's do this and he turns him down finally and says nah uh, and goes home. Uh, so like when you said I, I want to make sure I get the story correct. Because when you said that Stall- uh, Stallone said that like Stagall looked at him and he was way, are you saying Stagall thought he was so strong that it wouldn't be a challenge or that JCVD was too strong for him? Too- JCVD was too strong for him. So Stallone is saying that Stagall was chicken because was chicken. JCVD was too much. That's too wild because Steven Seagal's a big dude. He's like he six foot four and he's got a decent amount of beef. And I, I, I guess he's actually good at the judo and the keto shit that he was. Steven good Seagal at. is no shit martial artist. Like he he yeah. trained in Japan. His his adulthood was like a, a Japanese uh, Aikido instructor. He comes over to America and he forms 
I think of the first Aikido dojo in the country. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. no shit. This guy is a martial arts master. He's a seventh level black belt or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think. And I've Seagal seen probably like before he got famous, I've seen like tournament footage of him, like taking on two and three guys at a time. Now, the, I will say that the Aikido style is not impressive looking. It's very much like yep. judo, where it's like you grab a guy's gi by here and here and you do your arms like that. And the guy just goes flying. Mm hmm. But it seems like it's pretty fucking effective. I don't know how to do in the octagon. Um, I don't know because that. But but like yeah, I, I'm. I, I wonder if like Seagal might actually have that kind of like yeah. What if I just kill this guy? <laughs> I, or, or, or or what's what's it like? Jean Claude's just drunk and he's belligerent. I'm trying to have a good time in the club, and this guy is like, what is the upside here? You know, if I whip his ass, then like, well, I've got six inches and thirty pounds on him, and everybody's like, well, of course they whipped his ass. He beats me because you know, in a street fight, anything can happen. Right. Even in the ring, anything can happen. Like he might just be like maybe the sane one of the two. <laughs> and, yeah. and, but Stallone's like, oh, he's just a pussy. Eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hilarious story, though. Yeah, I, I just um, love the third hand nature of it. Uh, we got it. We can't leave Bolo Young off our list Dude. because I got to say, like of 80s, like arch villains. Um this guy is one of the memorable ones. Like Arnold had Predator, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme has this guy, and they're roughly equal in terms of like just being terrifying on screen. Yeah, um, there's a this, shot it, of, of Bolo Young where he's standing over a guy he's just beat, maybe over Ray, I can't remember, mm-hmm. and he's like got this crazy look on his face and he's grinning and he's flex, his pecs are flexing back and forth, and I'm like, that's terrifying. Yeah, you see, you see some of the like those uh the like uh uh oh man like what's the crazy eighty eight and Kill Bill that some of them run around in those like like devil masks those those mm. uh, uh Asian spot like his face briefly turns for transforms into like something truly like demonic his like eyes yeah. bulge and his face like he he has like the best crazy karate face I I've seen mm-hmm. and he's competing against JCVD one of the best yeah. Um, and it's not just his physique and his technique and the way his like his fists do look legitimately like they're made of concrete. Yeah. But yeah, like his personality, the fact that like he's the bad boy of, again, an underground death sport arena. Right. You know, he's like the he's 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 the bad boy of that. And he kind of plays it up. He plays into the crowd. He disrespects the judges and the system. He will kill yeah. a man just because he, you know, he beat his speed record for knockout. It's it's some crazy shit. And uh, he's really good at it. Yeah, the movie does a pretty good job of building him, him up as the villain, I think. Like, they talk about the history, his history with the tournament and how, I, I don't know if it was the previous year or years before, he's he's killed someone in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And the guy didn't even have a chance to go to the hospital. He just died on the mat. Uh, and then, you know, the the whole time, uh, Ray is like antagonizing him, calling him out in the crowd. He he beats his first opponent, who's like four foot nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he points at Chong Lee, and he's like, "You're next, buddy. I want you. <laughs> you you just know something bad is coming. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, he's like making death threats from the ring. Yeah. Um, I. So let's talk about that. Is this an underground illegal death sport where killing is like encouraged or like or just seen as an inevitable side effect or because like I'm very puzzled at why 
I'm going to call them the triad because they 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 said the term and they never showed up. And then these guys are the ones running it. So I'm going to call the they are the triad. You know, the the judge who's there on the runway, they keep calling the like they, they got this weird incline thing. It's called the runway, which makes it mm-hmm. sound like a walk off from Zoolander. Everything they'll talk about. I'll see you on the runway, pal. I'm like, fucking shit, man. Is David <laughs> Bowie going to call this fight? Yeah. Um, But they when he kills this guy and it may it's kind of gratuitous, but I felt like his kind of thing was to grab a dude and snap his neck at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he does it three times. He does it to find the like uh, the second to last fight. And for some reason, the judge is like, oh, this has gone too far. This is too much. The crowd is eating it up. The yeah. triad get turn his back on, turn their back on him. And all the crowd then like shuts up. And what the hell was going on there? Do you have any idea? It, it is confusing because we're in a no holds barred tournament, full contact. Right. And and this is mm-hmm. like maybe where the movie in real life like get confusing because I think there probably are full contact tournaments, but nobody's dying in them, right? Like it's incredibly hard to actually kill somebody accidentally in a martial arts tournament. Uh, yeah. It, you know, one punch is not going to do it. I've seen, I've seen enough UFC to know human body can take some abuse, but right. they probably don't also try and snap next. So, and when you get the, the Chinese mafia involved, when you get, uh, the police apparently just totally looking the other way and allowing this thing to happen. Yeah, it gets real muddy. I, I get confused on on what's allowed, what isn't, what's seen as proper or improper. Who yeah, knows? I mean, this guy's doing like uh, just giant nut and groin punches throughout yeah. the whole movie and no one bats an eye. But like he smothers a guy's face in his armpit and punches his forehead. And suddenly the judge is like, this what is. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I saw rabbit punches, every type of elite. Like, I think I think that's part of it is like, I think they illustrated every single illegal strike that would get you thrown out of boxing. Mm-hmm. Because the other thing is like the first fight they see is a guy gets punched in the mouth and blood comes out. And it's like, that's what they call a blood sport. I'm like, <laughs> shit, man. So every fucking bo- boxing match I've ever seen is blood sport. Yeah. Like, OK, you know, I thought blood sport is when you play to die. Like it's gladiatorial, right? And this felt like no, there was rules like you shouldn't kill people if you if you hit a guy, knock him out, or throw him out of the ring, he act, and he dies as a matter of being knocked, punched, or whatever. But like to kill mm-hmm. a man, but then again, this guy snapped like three different necks. Like, what did he do that he <laughs> right. didn't do against Jackson? You know, yeah, yeah or, and they don't what, say that one of the ways of winning is to kill people, right? They just say you can knock him out, you can make him say, yeah, uh, mate, or you can throw him off the runway and like killing, I guess is an option. I guess that's technically a knockout. Yeah. And like, was it the fact that he did it to an American and they don't? Cause like, there's definitely a lot of anti-American, mm-hmm. what I would call cult, you know, uh, culturalism, if not out, out and racism. Um, but it's also weird how it was like, not universally enforced. Like for example, um, lumberjack McGee, you know, sidles up and show, gives his invitation. This guy looks like he just ju- like 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 you 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 got the ugliest American. You put him in a crate. You slow shipped him over there. Didn't feed him. And he's bust out and he's just like ah ah ah. He's Tasmanian devil. And they like look at his invitation. No problem. Frank yeah. Dukes, you know, his clean cut dude wearing a suit puts his invitation like a fucking American in our tournament. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I got to see you de- demonstrate this this exotic death touch that you could only learn from your super agent. Like, what the hell, man? I I think the thing there. So so first of all, you're absolutely right about Ray. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> there seems to be a, a very stringent rule set on who gets into this tournament. You have to be of some stature. Yeah. And Ray, I don't know what the fuck he did. Shotgun a beer the fastest. Like, <laughs> it, I don't know what he did to get into this tournament. But they put Frank Dukes through a rigorous test where... I think the reason they do that is because he claims to be from Tanaka's house, his dojo, whatever. Uh, and, right. and they don't believe him, right? Because Tanaka is Japanese and he is American. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, prove that you are who you say you are. Yeah, but who not, cares? Not prove like, you're good enough like, to be in the tournament. Prove who you are, who you say you are. I guess, but you just you just let Zangief into this thing, man. Like, <laughs> right. what did this guy do? He just he did a spinning pile driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. He's he he can he he can get in, but but Guile, we got to make sure. It's like, ah, I want to see you comb your hair with a laser or some shit. Right. I, I just thought it was really funny that that like it'd be one thing if they let Frank in first and then they challenged him, but like they they clearly let the the man monster from America in first. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of that with like, um, so like Frank as a teenager goes to steal a katana from this guy, his master Tanaka, and he gets busted. And in lieu of like turning him into the authorities, he works out a deal with his dad. It's like, ah, I, you know, you and wait, his dad's not even in the military. His dad's a fucking vineyardist, a vintner. He makes (laughs) wine. Is he? he I, I a, glossed over that part. He's a French. Yeah, because he's he's like uh, you train divine to be, uh, oh, you right. know, to, to, to be use science to train your vine, and I use karate to train the young men. Uh-huh. And like I'm like okay, but but then it's like they make it very clear that like I'm not actually training you anything. You're just here to be my son's punching bag because you're bigger and yeah. tougher than him. And like, make it very clear that he said, like, his kid calls him like uh, round eye to his face, and I'm like, well, that's pretty strong. But then I'm like, mm. well, I guess you know, if your family died in an American atomic fire, okay, sure. sure, that all that all tracks. But it's hilarious because like, after his son dies, Frank goes to this guy and is like, "You trained me j- like a son," and I'm like, "No, man, I watched a flashback. You were a second class. The flashback we're still in, by the way." You were a second class person member of this family. You were never like trained as a son. In fact, you were explicitly not trained as a son. Yeah, there's some point during that flashback where his kid falls off the radar. And I think it's after Frank s- helps him with the bullies at school. And, well, and no, I don't he, know why it dies somehow. <gasps> I don't what? know why. Yeah, his son dies, so he can't compete in the Kumite because that's like I'm gonna one day I'll be in the Kumite and I'll prove my worth oh, to my father. I thought that was his kid who got killed in the atomic fires. No, that was oh, the God, little kid the, who was time. Lo- oh, what? It, yeah, and I'd forgotten enough about this movie that I actually thought that might be Bolo Young, like that they're gonna have this grudge because oh, dad oh, like, but, like, because I was like, where is this all gonna go? But no, he just. So then he's like, well, your son's dead and you'll never do the Kumite. So you might as well train me. Why not? Mm, yeah. And that lean because a lot of these this movie like vividly struck stuck uh, is like burned in my brain. Like his yeah. master pulling his crotch apart yeah. with like pulleys yeah. and ropes. Like I remember that like completely. And his crotch um, being too strong. Yeah. His crotch is. <laughs> yeah, his crotch being indomitable. Like you can't <laughs> rip it in half. Uh, 
<laughs> what is the point? Like, also, like, what is the point of that particular part of the training? Focus. It's all about focus, right? I mean, ultimately is what it comes down to. If you can focus yeah. when your crotch is being actively rent asunder, uh, mm-hmm. you can focus during any uh, high stress situation, whether you have salt in your I eyes guess. or not. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball kind of philosophy. Exactly. Um, but there's this like some un- un- really hilarious scenes, like the culmination of this brutal training montage. One of the most uh-huh. like this is Sensei's like beating him with rods and like beating him blindfolded. And then he, he has to serve like this elaborate tea ceremony to his wife. Mm hmm. And like blindfolded, not miss a spot. And then the ma- like the master moves his cup and then goes to punch him and va- uh, va- uh, uh, Van Damme like blocks him effortlessly. Yeah. And he then looks over to and it, he looks over to his wife who has not changed expression of delight throughout this entire ceremony and kind of cocks his eyebrow like, hmm, not bad. I just I, I don't know. It's just it's just really funny. I do um, love the training montage. And yes, those are the parts along with, you know. Uh, the split kicks and the high jumps and it, all, all the things, the impressive physical things that Jean-Claude Van Damme is doing. The the no shit impressive stuff, right? I mean, oh, yeah, the splits that he does him, him, you know, resisting the crotch rip, uh, him doing the, the splits to the mat and punching a dude in the nuts. And I, I'll give you this, too. Like, I'm thinking, OK, you you do the splits, you come down, you straight punch the guy in the nuts. It's not a straight punch. It's an uppercut. I mean, the uh-huh. the uppercut to the nuts is a seldom seen move that would devastate you. Uh, it's it's a high duking right to the nutsack. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, <laughs> when he jumps over, you know, uh, Chong Lee, when he's uh, meditating out there in the splits, there's just so many moments where it, the, the the kicks that he's doing like this made Jean-Claude Van Damme a household name for roundhouse kicks and oh, for yeah. splits. Because he does so many roundhouse kicks, so many splits. Uh, there's one sequence I really like where he's doing like these windmill kicks where he he's yeah. kicking around in big circles at this guy's head. And he's doing like he does. I think he does four of them in a row without mm-hmm. touching the mat mm-hmm. and just chases this guy across the, the runway kicking at him. I mean, very physically impressive stuff. And they do this stuff where they they do a lot of stuff where you can tell like um, when they punch them, they're whiffing, but they're doing nice camera angles. You can't tell. But they do a lot of slow-mo roundhouses where Jean-Claude's foot is clearly making contact with these guys. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's in the air spinning and kicking and the slow-mo implies that this I'm sure that this was like half speed. But it looks really fucking cool. Like there's some legit like head snaps of that kind of stuff. And, And maybe it's like even slower than I think quarter speed or something, but it really, it really looks good. Um, some of the fighting now, I will say that like, this is very dated from almost, you know, like if you've seen any kind of like modern wire foo, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you've seen anything Jackie Chan got up to and at a contemporaneous of this, like while yeah. Americans were content to just like re envision our early eighties glory, they were fucking innovating over there in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, like compare this to like legend of drunken master or something. Um, it's still pretty good, but it's like, it's weird and it's isolated. Like someone will do a move. Yeah. You know, and then that's it. Like, and then you'll cut to a different angle and another move. And there's also no, this is like the Rocky of karate films because no one plays defense. Like if someone blocks, 
it's at a dramatic moment. Like mm. Frank realizes, oh, yeah, I don't have to see the fight block just so you know the fight's about to turn and then it's going to be a one-sided contest going the other way um and there's a lot of space in these fights so people give people a lot of time to recover there there will be one devastating kick they fall to the mat on hands and knees and 15 seconds later they're still being you know allowed space yeah, you know in Mike Tyson's punch at when he land a star punch on the guy and they go like yeah. wow 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 for five seconds. People unironically do that in the movie. Yeah, like you know that's that's part of the karate face. There's the there's the victorious karate face and there's like oh shit, I just got punched and I have no plan for this karate face <laughs> right. where you're essentially I, I I I for waiting waiting for little Mac to land land that uppercut on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, oh my god, okay. This movie starts off real, real fast and strong. It hits you with this 80s ass action movie soundtrack, which literally takes a full letter grade off this movie in 2021. Yep. The this, this soundtrack is, is cover your ears awful. Uh, there is uh, just an impressive. It, it starts off with a montage of board ice and literal nut busting. <laughs> And the nut busting, there's this guy. So like, there's this dude crushing. I think it's it's uh, uh, Chong Lee that's crushing the the blocks of ice. Mm-hmm. There's some um, I know Norwegian looking motherfucker splitting these four inch boards. Man, it's crazy. And there's this guy looking like Jimmy Superfly Snuka, <laughs> uh, coming out of the jungle and busting coconuts. Yeah. And this gentleman who is black has a fighting style, which I can only describe as monkey. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool and impressive, but the whole thing is just no yikes and bad, yeah. you know? I it's, mean, maybe there is a fighting style like that. I I don't know. I'm no expert. But you don't put the man in like a, tri- a tribal headset and a yeah. leopard skin bikini to, to do it in, right? You right. know, or it's like I also like I've seen drunken kung fu. They don't use it's like it's usually it's okay. Like they do kung fu and then every couple seconds they'll they'll do a drunken pose. Like I've never seen anyone commit to something as much as this guy committed to it. And it's just it's 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 one of the the big cringes of the film. Uh the nut busting yeah. monkey style. Uh whew. there are a lot of uh stereotypes represented in this movie <laughs> and different fighting styles. There's a guy I can only call Grandpa Sumo, who looks like he's got a Steven Seagal bad dye job, dark, dark hair. Oh, uh, yeah. Shoe polish. Yeah. And he's got to be 50 years old. And he's yeah. just the guy who comes at you with his arms a little bit wider than they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like he's going to belly you off the runway. And they have the, the, uh, I don't, a monkey man fighting style guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, go up against him. And I just like, I don't know how that monkey man fighting style would ever be effective in this tournament because it doesn't seem to do anything to a guy who's even six inches bigger than you are. No, like you can use him as a jungle gym, but at the end of the day, he's going to grab you and destroy you. And what's funny is like so much of this reminded me of watching UFC like one through about six or seven Mm because you would see like a literal I'm not even joking, a literal sumo wrestler square off against a judo guy or a street fighter, right? (laughs) A bare knuckle brawler would go against a guy who's like a seventh Dan karate guy wearing a full gi. And like it remind is like it's kind of wild how I wonder if like Dana White saw this movie and is like, what if but real for sure? Because 
I'll be damned that that's not what it looked like. It's like literally every fucking fighting style. And maybe there was even a monkey man fighting style at one point. Cause I can clearly remember a poor sumo guy getting just, just everything he could like, this like five foot eight dude. It was like lightning fast, giving him every bit that he could handle in one of those early UFCs. Um, but yeah, it does like seem, yeah, it just capoeira. seems like it just dance you out. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. it's like capoeira where it's like uh-huh. that looks cool and you can kind of bust one of those moves out in a in a real MMA fight. But if you did it the yeah. whole time, you get your ass kicked because you'd wear yourself out and you just leave yourself mass. If you, if you ever miss one of those fancy kicks, you're going to leave yourself way open for a counter. Right. Yeah, that that's the thing. And this tournament is it feels remarkably uh new to be as old as they claim it is they claim that like it was it 100 years the tournament has been going on for 100 years and it's the way that uh these old fighting clans or these old you know organized crime syndicates used to prove like who was the best fighter within the ranks yeah i feel like it uh, historically they're trying to like this was like like just that like it got started just after like the boxer rebellion or something right when like Britain started to lose the grip on Hong Kong and it kind of like th- there was these gray areas formed and in the vacuum of that this human fighting championship started huh uh, I don't know anything about that but the way the movie portrays it it's a super old tournament and mm-hmm. I saw the way that UFC evolved it went from dudes with mohawks and and ripped jean uh jackets to Everybody fights exactly the same because it's the only way to possibly win this tournament. It's the most right. effective way to fight under right. these rules. This and it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it turns out. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you got to have a strong ground game and you got to be able to, to box when you're in the stand-up parts. Yep. Uh, yep. It, so it's, this tournament looks remarkably juvenile uh, as far as tournaments go because everybody's fighting with different styles nothing has been refined down to its essence. Mm-hmm. So, it, and that's the other thing about this tournament. It's this tournament is all kinds of weird as portrayed in the movie, because it's like this underground thing, but it's not. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, people know it exists, but nobody can find it. And yet one of the established martial arts organizations, the international fighters arts association or something like that has co-sponsored this deal. So they're like doing sponsorships for an underground tournament yeah. that is run by like the Chinese mafia. I don't know what's going on with this, but it doesn't seem yeah. right. And I love how the, uh, the American reporters there and like her whole strategy is hanging out of hotels and going up and looking at anyone who, who's wearing a gi and is like, where is this illegal underground tournament? Come on. You can tell me. Yeah. Uh, how physically fit do they look? Yeah. Uh, she's, I, I, but you're right. If this is a hundred year tournament, they would not have fucking sumo guys against monkey style. No. Like they would have like, you know what? Crane beats dragon. Right. Dragon beats monkey. And, you know, drag. It's uh, yeah, it, it didn't. It felt like something they just threw together, yeah. um, which is one of the one of the ways I think you can tell that Frank Dukes is a liar. Uh, turns out. But uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Not quite ready to talk about that. Just teasing, te- teasing, teasing that conversation for later. Here, here's the thing I'll say about the relationship, the the way they portray the reporter in this movie, um, mm-hmm. whose name I don't know. Uh, they do an okay job of making us understand that the relationship that she has with Frank Dukes is not all about the tournament. That she genuinely 
is into him uh because you said the movie does a good job i I think so yeah i mean in it's like 1980s action movie way right it's not it's not gonna spend a lot of time on it but it is gonna tell you what you need to know and them saying like uh, frank saying no i can't help you and then her showing up the next day with some other dude having undercovered her way into this tournament tells me Mm -hmm. that like whatever relationship they're going to have moving forward is not about the tournament it's about him and Mm -hmm. her okay so yeah shortcuts but it works That's one of the few times it did work, but like their meet yeah. cute was literally. So we, we talk about stereotypes. Um, they're able to get they're in this film, uh, filmed in Hong Kong. They're able to get, as far as I can tell, three white guys, two black guys, and every other race and nationality had to be filled out by Asians because yeah. there is a hilarious attempt at an Asian Arab. Oh, in this, right. In this they just put a, some kind of headdress on him. Yeah. They went to the one Italian restaurant in Hong Kong. They snatched the the tablecloth and they <laughs> threw a headband over it and called him Hussein. Uh-huh. And that's the meat cute that Jean-Claude has with this lady is that uh, this Hussein character is just going to carry her off to his hotel room. Mm-hmm. And instead he and instead and it's, it's funny. The movie, to its credit, plays the woman as horrified and aghast yeah. at the entire proceedings the whole time until she's not at the end of it. But but Jean-Claude comes in and it's like, hey, 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 look, 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 look. Um, We all want to have sex with this woman, whether she wants to or not. Right. But if we fight, which is the natural thing we should do. I mean, that's uh-huh. what we should do. If there's a discrepancy of who should have this woman, we should just the strongest should have her. Obviously, we're not arguing that. But these triads has got those bullshit rule that if we fight outside the tournament, we'll both get kicked out. And no one wants that. <laughs> so let's resolve it with a magic trick. Yes. And that's this. He does. He does. He does close magic to befuddle this guy who, by the way, just accepts the result without. Con- and then the woman tur- uh, turns from like, oh, my God, I'm literally being traded like cattle. To like um, delighted that Jean-Claude won and now she he can squire her about Hong Kong. To be uh, fair, he has very fast hands. Very fast. He has very fast <laughs> hands. That's true. But like I didn't quite buy their relationship. Like I I'm, like I, 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 I appreciate the, what they did is, as you said, like they're, they, they demonstrated that she didn't need him for access to the Kumite anymore. But like they literally have sex the next day and I'm not sure why, except for I guess Jean-Claude Van Damme is very physically fit and good looking and he can sure. do splits. He can split kick over his head. That's got to be fun. They, they have um, one of the few instances of like sexualized male nudity that I can think of in cinema hmm. when yeah. when like she's laying in bed and looking over at him as he's like strapping on his underwear. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and but the thing is, is so it's like, OK, well, she's just fucking him for sport. That's cool. Yeah. But then she she goes full on like uh, 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 who's the girl from Rocky? Uh, yo, Adrian. She goes full on Adrian in late stage Rocky with like, I can't believe you guys are just punching each other. And it's so I'm a reporter mm-hmm. who's wanting to get to the bottom of you guys punching and under and, and I just can't believe that I've got to the bottom. It's just all a bunch of fucking blood sport. And it's crazy. And you might, I'm like, what is this? I I don't, why should he care about you? Why should you care about him? 
Yeah. If he dies, this is a good story. Like that. The, 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 <laughs> True. The, yeah. I just thought like she was just there so that they can have a nice like like every 80s movie had to have the male and female protagonist square off and have sex to some kind of jazzy sax solo. That was a requirement oh, yeah. that was in the contracts and it was still 88. So it was enforced. That's the only thing I can figure. Yeah. In this case, too, too bad 80s synth pop i i don't know what this is it's it's a bad soundtrack it's very bad that chase scene is maybe the worst um and let's talk about oh, this God. because the other con- very confusing very nonsensical part of this movie is frank dukes's backstory here and what what he's doing over here in china he is apparently a wall as um, as a captain of of what the army i don't know i don't know what he's a captain yeah he's of. A captain of the army is what they uh okay. established yeah he's a captain in the army he goes a wall uh to fight in this tournament to you know prove the honor of the tanaka clan and then the government comes after him and they send two people uh in in this case some old dude and forrest whitaker and they are hunting him through this entire movie trying to get him trying to stop him from com- Competing in the Kumite and bring him back to America for reasons I can only explain as we've invested too much money in you, our our human super soldier. I I don't know what the backstory is here with Frank Dukes, other than the real life backstory, which maybe we can talk about uh, soon. But like, yeah, th- it's weird because there are no consequences, period, for anything uh, that he does in relation to the army. He goes AWOL. Uh, he beats Chinese police officers in the streets. No problem there, mm. for, even from their captain. Uh, well, they are in the Kual- Kualun walled city where they have no jurisdiction. So maybe it's, uh, you know. Well, he brings like, in his is own it, officers. Is it, is, it right? even, is it even illegal to punch an American cop in Canada? Like he, they're just, he, he, he just, he know. just, he just, as soon as he crossed the board, he's just some asshole, right? I can sure. punch him. I guess like he so. steps up to me in a bar. Like it's not assaulting an officer, right? So like I think it's like, yeah, you cross the line. This, it's yeah. like, it's like when, uh, when, uh, Cletus gets over the line and Duke's a hazard, like the, the Duke boys just beat the <laughs> piss out of him. That's what happened. Right? <laughs> right. He knows not to cross. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Oh God. I crossed the line. You be on the bow and Duke. They're beating the shit out of me. Um, yeah, but, but there's there's no consequences, apparently, for him going a while. They're just like at the end of this movie, they have one of those scenes where like Frank Dukes tricks him and he ends up on the plane before they are and they think they're waiting for him, but he's waiting for them. And they're just like, that Frank Dukes, he's a real handful. Dude, he went a while. He's got to be court martialed like. I, I, that's what I thought. I thought these guys were like Jag, that they were here to bring right. in the military justice. But like at the end, it's like, well. You're such a good fighter. We're just glad you're on our side. So let's yeah. just get you back on base and forget all this happened. But they never really go into that, right? Like, clearly, the the biggest part of this is the martial arts training. What could the American military have trained him in uh, that would be so much more valuable than what Mr. Tanaka trained him in over the course yeah. of his entire young adulthood? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, they just... I, I, I Did these movie p- people not know that, like, just leaving... Uh, at being absent without leave uh, is that's a crime, a crime unto itself uh-huh. like if, if you're if you're the world's worst soldier uh, <laughs> and you signed up for Uncle Sam and walk off the base they're going to hunt you down <laughs> right like, let alone if you're a you human know, they super weapon they, yeah you don't need to be fucking like a, uh, a, a unlicensed weapon like Nick Cage and Con Air or something oh, to be God. 
Yeah. Yeah. To be, to, to be in a lot of trouble when you're off your base. Uh, it's 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 a bad deal. Like, that's it. They don't need it. Like, he just went AWOL. That's all uh-huh. the story I need. You know, it, it must be like my only guess here is that he. They wanted him to be like what that producer said, right? An American hero who does things the American way and kicks the bad guy's asses. They wanted mm-hmm. him to be that in this movie. And so they just shoehorned this plot of the American, him being part of the American military and them coming after him because he's such a good soldier, but they never explain any of it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, um, the foot rat chase. I actually like oh. that. I like that the chase itself. Kinda, it's, it's Jackie Chan esque uh, in it's, it's, I was uh, about feel. to say, Cause like Jean-Claude Van Damme is clearly just fucking with them with his superior, like <laughs> the good. idea that Forrest Whitaker, even, even in his prime, yeah. Forrest Whitaker was never like a Usain Bolt. I mean, he's a pretty lumbering fellow mm-hmm. and like JCVD is just like bouncing off buses and like doing somersaults off street yeah. lamps and shit. And just all when he, and when he loses him and the guy's like winded and like, he's like, Hey guy, I mean, he's just like just having fun and oh, the yeah. foot race over the boats was actually cool. Mm-hmm. And the guy's fault is all really funny stuff. It's just betrayed by the soundtrack, man. <laughs> totally. And you think it like, I think this clearly we talk about the influence of this film uh, like Rocky's got to be because Rocky had a similarly like it's a of a time and place mm-hmm. and like the montage. Some of that montage stuff shouldn't work, but it does. Mm-hmm. I don't think this film realizes the degree of difficulty of having that kind of like really synthy kind of uh, soaring uh montage music and just having it be bad like you 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 can't make that on a 1.5 million dollar budget right you just can't and you can't make it 10 years after rocky right like right and and have people not go hey that's the thing that rocky did and also you're doing it much more poorly that's the main problem here is that better movies have already done this better yeah yeah, that's that's a lot. I think that's Jean Claude Van Damme's career. <laughs> better movies have already done this better. Although I'll give um, him, now, I like, don't know that anyone's ever done the split kick roundhouse. Uh, just splits better than Jean Claude Van Damme. He's he's the man. No, when it comes I'm to that. honestly, if Jean Claude Van Damme had come to America ten years early or and gotten two or three years of like um, voice and and acting training, he mm-hmm. could have been a real and some and maybe some humility and work ethic. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I don't, I don't want to say no work ethic, because obviously a man with a body like that and with the martial arts yeah. career he has has got crazy amounts of discipline. But I think that something went haywire and that he could only apply it in that one area of his life is what it seems like. And it's got to be um, really hard to break into Hollywood as a foreign actor as well, because you don't have any of those relationships that are going to propel you to start, oh, especially back automatically. Then, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And so you get mixed up with like some second tier talent and you could probably just get stuck there and i think that's what happened to jcvd okay we 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 he preys on chong lee um because he's a really impressive character uh easily top 10 maybe top five martial arts bad guy i've seen in the film mm-hmm. um but i i like how there's a couple scenes where he's really funny like uh when the mad dog character jackson wins his first fight against the little guy and he throws him in, into orbit and he just turns instantly to Chong Lee and he's like, I'm going to kill you, man. And mm-hmm. they cut to Chong Lee and he has this reaction. Like he looks around, like he might be talking to somebody else like <laughs> me. And I'm like, that's such an out of character reaction for everything else he does in the rest of the film. Like yeah. what the fuck? 
Also, the very first time Chung Lee takes the stage to fuck a dude up, he begins the round by employing what's known as the farmer's hanky, where he plugs one nostril, turns his head, and blows the snot out of the one side, and then plugs his nostril, turns his head, blows the snot the other. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Was that like just the what he does before he just just clears his pipes before a fight? Or did the director say? Like Frank Dukes is like, there's this one dude. I met at this one Kumite and he, I always thought it was so funny. He could blow his nose out using a Kleenex. It was amazing. I mean, you'll see what? like UFC guys and stuff do this. I, I think it's just a way to make sure there are no obstructions in your breathing pathway, mm. right? The more oxygen yeah, you got, the better. Pipes. Yeah. Uh, and, and how many of those MMA guys do it just because they saw Chong Lee doing it? 92%. Uh, yeah. Ch- Chong Lee, uh, deliberately compound fracture in that one dude's leg. Mm. Um, that's for us shocked. to watch. It's rough to watch, but it's honestly shocking how bad the effect was done in 1988. Sure. Like, I get it's a $1.5 million budget, but how hard is it to show bone sticking through some dude's skin? And this managed yeah. to look like Halloween prop quality, <laughs> bad Halloween type, uh, like, uh, type quality. Maybe that's um, the thing. I have a hard time looking at it, and so I don't notice how bad it is because I kind of uh, wince and look away every time it happens. You, Mr. Gorehound? Yeah, there's something about, like, the reality of bones coming out of people's bodies uh, that is just another level. Like I can watch somebody get yeah. their head sawn off or what I have their intestines removed through their butthole. But like, I just can't watch more realistic injuries. Compact I can't fracture, watch that could actually happen. Yeah, right. Like skateboard videos, skateboard fail videos. I cannot watch those. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, God. I saw a compound fracture in real life and it was pretty oh, fucking horrifying. No. I gotta say. No. Uh, uh, also, Jackson comically turning his back on Chong Lee. Oh, it's it was so pretty dumb. great. Yeah, so great. Like he gets one good punch and Chong Lee's not even knocked out. He's just kind of like not even really dazed. He just gets knocked his butt on the floor. And this guy gets up and just starts playing to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this Jackson might have won the tournament had he just you know, finished the, he had he not uh, uh, Prince Oberon it and just done the deed and went right to the finish. And I love how, like, after Chong Lee apparently killed again, the movie tells me that Jackson's dead <laughs> and Frank runs up and desperately grabs him. And the way he shows his love for his character, he's just essentially juggling this guy's skull and uh, spine right. and just like, 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 just tossing his head back and forth between his head. Jackson, Jackson is like, if you didn't have neck and head trauma, he's got it now, dude. <laughs> right. Like he might've had a broken. Now his neck is severed. He's dead. Makes mm-hmm. a full recovery just a day later in the hospital. Turns out just need to get a sleep in. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a week. Frank comes back on his last day of the tournament and he, he has two fights. He has the fight with Chong Lee and he has a fight where he hosts for some no good reason, a rib breaking contest. <laughs> Dude, I love it. That's one of those the- parts of this movie that's seared into my memory. Same. So, and I forgot like, cause like, it's not even the big guy. He's not, he's, yeah. he's just like, he's just a dude. I bet you can't br- yeah, I bet you can't break your ribs. Here, here's my ribs. All right, now you show me your ribs. Oh, I couldn't break him. Now you try. Okay, now you, I, they're just I think trading <laughs> rib shots, man. I think this movie is trying to be very <laughs> tightly written because there's a line also where before Ray fights Chong Lee, he he stops him. He says he's weak in the body. Right, go for his body. Watch his right leg. I think this is them saying 
he Frank Dukes does not have a weakness, right? Frank Dukes mm. body is not weak. Right, it's he's strong. demonstrating. Yeah. And they do that <laughs> too many times maybe in the movie. Uh-huh. Cuz the the time when we talked about that scene where the the meet cute or I don't know what to call it, but uh that magic trick he does where he replaces the coin in the guy's hand when they show mm. him do that. They also mm. flash back to him pulling Koi out of the pond. Yeah, pluck, plucking the goldfish. Yeah. I think this movie is trying to connect literally every move that he does with something from his training in in his teen years. Ah, and, and that, gotcha. that those body kicks are part of that connecting those moves with you know it, the two main characters here. It's trying yeah, to and I his, think, and his, his master beating him with the cane cane, like right. he's always just whopping around and beating his ribs and stuff. So making him stronger. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that this the la- the final fight does pretty much work because you've got Chong uh, who is hidden some kind of foreign object in his waistband. You got him tying Jackson's Salt bandana pellet. around. Yeah, small pellet, some kind of drug he's going to employ because he's a he's a he's a dastardly guy. Oh, no, I think it's um, salt he, is what it is. It's salt. Oh, is it pellet. salt? I thought it was some kind of blinding agent or something. Uh, maybe. But I guess I it know. could be that salt would be yeah, thrown in your eyes would be a blinding agent. Uh, He ties. I thought the, the really good touch was he ties Jackson's bandana around his knee because like it's enough of a moment yeah. where I was like, all right, I'm up. I want to see your ass get kicked now. It's immediately let down by the fact that Jackson's still alive and they make it into a joke like, hey, don't lose your clothes in the ring, bro. But like when he ties it on and he <laughs> makes a face at like Dukes and Dukes sees it and he's like fucking game on, like you're ready for this fight to begin. And then yeah, and, you know, and they talk about those, those, uh, his right leg, right? Avoid his right leg. And that's the leg he's got it tied mm-hmm. on. And like the mm-hmm. entire movie, Chong Lee is wearing these like, kind of flowing silk pant kind of things. Right. Uh, right. And so you never see his leg and you're thinking, okay, you got to avoid his right leg. He's a monster of a man on top. What's he rocking mm-hmm. down in the leg region? Right. And, and for that final fight, he does take off those, those silk pants and like, mm-hmm. it, you're just like, holy shit, this is a moment. The Harley Davidson thing is hanging around this dude's <laughs> thick ass leg. You're, you're worried about you know, like all of the things from the previous scene where he's talking about, don't uh-huh. let his right leg get you. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And it turns out that Van Damme's kind of handily handing this guy his ass. And of course, he gets the salt tablet and he throws it in the guy's mm-hmm. eyes. And then, like, it, Frank doesn't know what to do. He's getting punched. Jean Claude Van Damme's I've just got drugged and I don't want to do face is just as good as his vicious karate face. Because he's oh, just, he screams. looks like a scared, he looks like a scared seven year old boy uh-huh. as soon as that salt gets in his <laughs> eyes. It's like. It's great. And then he just screams several times, right? He just sits there and screams and screams. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Chong Lee's just beating the shit out of him. He can't yeah. can't punch him. And then then he closes his eyes and he remembers, oh right, I can serve tea while I'm blindfold uh, mm-hmm. blindfolded. Which I think the uh, audience definitely remembered before he did. Oh, for sure. They yeah. we needed a good five minutes slowed down getting hit the piss beat out of him montage before before Frank could realize, oh shit, I know what to do here. I was trained for this. <laughs> right. But some of the stuff uh once so he blocks the punch and Chong Lee can't get it. And like some of the stuff I love when Chong Lee throws the ref at him. Uh-huh. Like he just grabs the ref and throws. He's like, oh yeah, Frank will punch him and he'll be disqualified. And Frank grabs him and the ref he's already wearing his brown pants because he he'd shit himself already a couple times today. 
And he's like, oh, no, this isn't the right guy. This is just the little Jenny throws him to the side. So that's not the thing that's going to get you disqualified. Throw in the ref. The thing would yeah, be right. punching the ref that was thrown at you. It's legal to throw a ref at your opponent. If yeah. your opponent strikes the ref, then it's all it's all it's all over. Right. But then uh, Frank puts him away at that. Like you said, the beautiful four roundhouse uh, scissor kick. What do you call that? Spin kick moves. Yeah, they're um, like flying roundhouses. But the other leg is is stretched out the other way. And yeah, they're like split does, roundhouses. It's a signature move. It's like the Jordan yeah. jump man. Like when you think of mm-hmm. Jean, it's either he's either uh, doing a, a split kick or he's doing these uh, whirlwind roundhouses. Yeah. Uh, and it's impressive because he gets height. He gets extension. It mm-hmm. looks like there's real power there. I mean, the man's got the skills and, and a body that can pull him off. So um, and then he wins and that forgives everything. His girl is like giving him the I guess the the karate sign of respect. Uh, the Jag guys are giving him dap and saying everything's cool and we're glad you're on our side. And I guess he's not going to get court martialed. Um, and that's the end of the, I mean, the movie just immediately ends. Like they go, they establish that Jackson's okay. He's not in any legal jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And then he bows to his girl as he flies off on a plane and that's it. Yeah. Why do the cops just sit at that tournament or cops, the, you know, CIA, whoever, whoever it is. <sighs> I don't know because they, they have to bring him back, but they were moved by, I mean, I, what are they going to do? Like, Cause I'm like, were they convinced that he just needs to do this or were they convinced that this is going to be an international incident? Like this guy's already beat up uh half a precinct of crooked cops. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to get the, we're going to get the triad involved. They're going to turn their backs on us. It's going to be this whole thing. Yeah. Ronald Reagan's going to have to apologize. Can't have that happen. And like, how do we physically take him in? Because right. Would these he's shown guns. he's willing to beat cops senseless. Uh, would he beat mm-hmm. us senseless? Right. He's already he AWOL. He's already court-martialed. They did, he easily disarmed us of our 50,000 watt stun guns or whatever the fuck they were. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess also, like, what are they going to do? Start firing shot? I mean, there's, there's only so much an agent can do in foreign land, I guess. Yeah. Without the cooperation. Full. I, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy plot. Um, it is. Like, it's amazing that it works in 90 minutes and it only works with a very early triple nested deep flashback that lasts 20 minutes and has two montages. Like, that's how much narrative uh, momentum this film has, because, Mm -hmm. yeah, if it ever stops to think about any of its premises or what's happening. Do you want to talk about Frank Dukes a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, the real Dukes because as the movie says at the end right Frank Dukes is a real person Uh, I can read this to you I wrote it all down from Mm -hmm. 1975 to 1980 Frank Dukes fought 329 matches and retired undefeated as a world heavyweight full contact Kumite champion he holds four world records fastest knockout fastest punch with a knockout fastest kick with a knockout most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament and subsequently he founded the first American ninjutsu system Duke's Ryu. So, as far as I can tell, these are only substantiated by Frank Dukes. Yes. Uh, and the things that he's made that can be substantiated, for example, first of all, he's Canadian and he claims to be a Medal of Honor winner. 
He claims to be a secret uh, special forces guy who operated in Southeast Asia, not necessarily Vietnam, although there's a lot of places that credit him with Vietnam service record. Um, He says that he was hired by the CIA to work as a covert agent. In this Kumite tournament, right? To bust the organized crime involved in operating? It might have been. It might have been. It might have been connected i forget exactly but this guy mm-hmm. like i remember him being like a big kind of like deal because my I, i've said this before my cousin was unironically into that mall ninja shit and ordered like soldier of fortune magazine and all that kind of stuff nice. and you know this guy was big um soldier of fortune magazine one of the things that brought him down because like they did an investigation into him in the early 90s and got like freedom of information because that's the thing if you're mm-hmm. if you're claiming to be things like a medal of honor winner. Yeah. That shit is going to be in your service record. Uh, this guy service record was essentially pretty brief. As far as they can tell, it never was deployed overseas, never won any records, uh, had a psych evaluation towards the end of his career saying that he was prone to flights of fancy and delusion. Hmm. And yeah, yeah. So he also like um, he was claimed to be trained in ninjutsu, uh, ninjutsu, the ninja spe- uh, uh, martial arts by Sinzo Tiger Tanaka, just like in the film, um, who is described as a world famous ninja master. And people looked into it. And I guess that this Sinzo Tanaka was like a a a, ja- a Japanese martial artist in a James Bond, Ian Fleming novel. Oh, Jesus. Kumite, there's no like Kumite literally is just like uh, is like Japanese or karate for fighting match mm-hmm. like and uh, like, you know, like, I don't know, like the the Super Bowl is the world championship of football. What does that even fucking mean? Football is not played anywhere outside of like American Canada. So right. like maybe there is this underground thing that's so cool. It's just called the fight. But like no one can find any inf- uh, uh, any information at all about this stuff. And like I said, it just seems like um, all of his other claims that he's made that you can and uh, that you can source and justify are completely false. And his defense is that the military uh, uh, trashed his dossier and put a bunch of lies in there to discredit him. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know. But the thing that complicates it is like this guy is legitimately competent. I didn't say the best or good uh-huh. or even like world class, but I guess he's actually a competent martial artist. Um, okay. And he held a training session for blood sport that lasted like three months. And Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is among other things, a talented and well-regarded martial artist for his time said it was one of the hardest uh, training sessions he ever did. But I mean, that hmm. can mean anything that can mean this guy's crazy. And he's beating with bamboo sticks and shit. And like, oh, I've never had this crotch tra- open. Yeah. yeah, ripping his crotch open with the like, fucking industrial cranes and stuff. It doesn't mean that he's actually <laughs> some kind of legend. But this guy is essentially just um, this. I, I remember this guy. Um, this one guy came and wrote this book called Stolen Valor, which blew up a lot of people's spots because until the Internet came around, mm-hmm. everybody's uncle was a fucking Navy SEAL or a Green Beret right. or a Delta Force operator who had extensive experience in Vietnam or Iraq or Afghanistan. And who could even know? Right. Who could even tell? But like once like seals started like getting on the Internet and being like, I've never heard of this fucking guy. Have you heard of this guy? And it's 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 incredible how common this is. And like especially hyper masculine context, like 
I love hmm. you remember I used to love this show called Dual Survival yeah. Survivor where it's always p- pitted like this one hippie dude that lives in the desert ran around barefoot with some uber serious special forces dude. They went through three fucking uber serious special forces, dude. All of them fake ass bullshit. Wow. Maybe they served in the Marines for two years. None of them having survival special. None of them having special forces training. All of them like legitimately cool dudes that could do. But like, why do you have to make shit up? But yeah. like, yeah, the Internet just really brought all this shit down to uh, the ground. And Frank Dukes was like at the epicenter of all this because he was one of the biggest fabulists of, of them all. Yeah, and I mean, lending, you know, to that air of uh, mystique, I think, is the lack of record keeping in a lot of those contexts before Mm -hmm. the Internet or even to some degree nowadays, like, you know, and it being like this underground thing that, of course, people aren't going to keep records for if it even exists. And, you know, I've I read some posts, blog posts, I've read some. Uh, articles written in magazines, a little bit about Frank Dukes and his claims. And some of them seem to be in support of some of that stuff. Like he has trophies that I guess in the eighties people were trying to claim was, were not real. And he had made it a trophy shop down the street because it was like, it was a trophy from the Kumite in like 76 or something. Um, Mm. And apparently like that guy was friends with his ex-wife and they were in in a bitter right. divorce dispute at the time. So that could be fake, but, th- but then who knows, right? Like this could be all Frank Dukes just making shit up. There's an article there. There's a letter from like black belt magazine that claims he has anti-terrorism knowledge and like military experience of a unique nature. I don't know what that means, but all of this is in like an article that starts off by saying, stuff about the movie and one of the things it claims is that bolo jung was 50 years old at the time of filming this film turns out he's only 41 i look i fact check their asses so i I don't know what to do when you're the first thing out of the gate is a misrepresented fact you know Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah and it's like the other thing is like he has like a 307 and one record like that's the other thing that's like now that we've seen yeah. MMA and like even guys with long careers that like mm-hmm. fought for 15, 20 years and were excellent throughout struggle to maintain like a, a, a like a like a 40 and seven, you know, like almost no right. one like goes some of those. Yeah. 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 I like the idea that you can be in 300 blood sports in <laughs> right. like in five a 15 years. Year cur- yeah, yeah. 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 Like like what the fuck? You're fighting like what? When do you heal? When do you train? When well, do you that's do the earth? other thing about this tournament is they had people fighting multiple full contact matches in a single day, and I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. I've well, seen UFC yeah. fights. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. They used to do the UFC like that though, where it, they would have the whole like you know this bracket and like guys would get to the how. To I mean, you can like, get your ass kicked and still win, I right? Know. And not be able to get I out know. of bed, let alone fight another match that day. It's it was it was it was it was kind of a shit show. It wasn't universally entertaining. Of course, it's not like UFC's like wall to wall exciting on all their cards nowadays. But sure. Yeah, I just saw that 300 and like essentially zero record. And I'm like, God, come the fuck on. If you'd said something like yeah. 75 and 15, it <laughs> right. would still be incredible to pack into less than 10 years. But like, OK, I can see that. But like, it's also 
it reminds me of Frank, like in the movie, like he's been through this grueling tournament and he gets to the final after he's had, he's had the rib breaking extravaganza. He gets up there and he has like a slight bruised eye. Mm-hmm. No other marks on him. Yeah. No bruised ribs. <laughs> no cuts on his 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 elbows or shins where he's he's taking these vicious blows. Nothing. Nothing. No, no, yeah. no, no, no bruising on his kidneys where he's taking some of these punches. Just, and just he pops just, up on the airplane the next day, fresh as a daisy. Right. Ready to go. Yeah. After the uh-huh. brutal rib breaking competition. <laughs> um, yeah. My final question. I don't know if you have stuff you want to talk about, but my final question is, is the Tanaka family hand signal, whatever the hell that is. Is that just like metaphorically ritually committing suicide by sword? Because it looks like they're oh. wrapping a hand around the hilt and then shoving it into the belly. Maybe. And I'm like, what the kind of fucked up family? Yikes. Family sigil is that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, you got anything else or is that is that kickboxer? Have we got an hour and a half on this shit? Oh my god. We have. I, I will say uh, this, this was a successful movie. It made a lot of money compared to its budget. Uh, 50 mm-hmm. million on a 1.5 million dollar budget it got nominated uh, for one award no kidding yeah 1989 it was nominated uh jcvd was nominated for a razzie for the worst new star <laughs> oh no <laughs> i know i know oh. that's mean but the razzies that are does, like that yeah, but like there wasn't a worst movie in 88 because like yeah this movie sucks but like well, worst new star the, yeah there was um it actually he didn't win the razzie uh i guess ronald mcdonald won it in Mac and me for playing Ronald McDonald. Uh, I, I don't know. It's the Razzies. <laughs> They're weird. Uh, they, they gave cocktail the worst. Movie yeah. Razzies are, Tom very, Razzies the worst are very actor. political, very oh, yeah. political. These Razzies. Oh yeah. Right. It's all about who, you know, all about campaigning <laughs> for it. Sure. Uh, get, but get I will say in the right category. This is a much, much worse movie than I remembered. Than than 10 year old yeah. me remembers watching this very exciting and super awesome super rad uh tournament fighting movie well also I, I think a lot of it is just like if if this had a different soundtrack i think it would be it would go from like um a c yeah. plus to a b plus easily because that in my mind i remember these training montages of being like mr miyagi training daniel son yeah. right and it was like very kind of like serious and like you know like um really building this mentor mentor <laughs> But like all that stuff was yeah. just in a f- tr- flashback in the very beginning of the movie. And it was all sh- scored to just just terrible, terrible 80s synth jazz sax vocal shit. At least was like one com- song of which must have been written for this movie, because for the next three weeks, I will have Kumite, Kumite, Kumite stuck yeah. in my head, at, you know, and this crazy dude wailing about fighting to survive. I Those the lyrics will be stuck in my head for weeks. Yeah. And you had, that's the thing is like, everything was so on the not nose. Like, uh, it's like, okay, <laughs> right. I have the tiger was a jam, but this guy's like literally being like, yeah, I want to fight the Kumite to survive. And then when yeah. John Claude gets rejected by his girl and he's on the bus and he's having, he's up in his feelings or talking about them when a the man is alone in Hong Kong. And he <laughs> like, I mean, it's not that bad, but like, honestly, it's pretty close. You'd have to look up the lyrics to prove me wrong because mm-hmm. that's essentially what they are. And it's just like I said, cover your, cover your ears bad. Um, it would be interesting to go as like, uh, the criterion this and like remaster it and also just completely change the soundtrack. 
Uh, they did for the soundtrack. They actually took uh, instead of putting Stan Bush's version of Fight to Survive on there, I think they put mm-hmm. pa- fuck, what's his name? The guy who like produced it or something. Uh, one of his mm-hmm. versions on the soundtrack, which I will say is not as good. Like Stan Bush can can <laughs> really s- strangle out a Fight to Survive <laughs> lyric, <laughs> but the other dude is just kind of like milk toast. I don't know. He's not bad. Yeah. He's just you know, not Stan Bush. Come on. Yeah, this movie, the better would would hold up a little bit. But there's also they, they, there's a couple structural changes like you can't have the mad dog. That's a pig. The women be the guy like if you made Reed made this like that, that he would have been one of the villains, you know, which yeah. is also like I thought that was funny about like when uh, Hussein, the the fake Asian Arab guy. As is, uh, you know, uh, sexually harassing this woman like you know, Jackson got all pissed off about it. It's like, man, when the guy who recreationally frightens women is like, hey, guys, this is going a little too far. <laughs> Probably going a little too far, you know? Yeah, uh, it's pretty fucked up. But yeah, and it's like, I mean, I think you can watch this today and keep in mind that you're enjoying it ironically and still have a really good time mm-hmm. because like there are so many martial arts tropes on display. There's so much great karate face. There's so much like legitimately cool and impressive, kind of like a circus soleil. Because there's a lot of like some of this stunt choreography is like, hey, JCVD can jump really high and then split, do splits. Uh, Okay, so we're going to have Chong Lee here just do it. Just do a somersault. There's no plausible way that this could ever lead to a successful takedown or attack. But just just do a somersault just so you're doing something between his legs. Um, That's not sexual Uh, because but it's cool. (laughs) Like that they're actually doing this with no wires and um, it is. It's very cool. I I wish that there were someone as talented physically as JCVD right now for movies like Mortal Kombat. And and I think Mm. they exist, but not in the same like way, not with the same kind of dancers flair that JCVD has never believe it. Like even Jet Li like was probably the last. Would you say he's probably the last great kind of like um uh, martial art and even he started doing wire like tony jaw um oh i guess you're right he but, but it's not the same it, he's like all about the hard hits the elbows the you know muay thai kind of stuff plus i've heard about jet Li. i don't know about about tony jaw but i've heard jet lee that his secret was they always filmed him under cranked oh they filmed him they filmed huh. him at a, a, a slightly slower frame rate so when they play it he looks like Speed way up. faster yeah. Um, so it's like you just never can trust anything right. It's like made after 1995 to be like not fucking with you. I mean, that's the thing. Um, this movie does the exact opposite, right? It films it at a standard 24 or whatever they're doing mm-hmm, and then cranks mm-hmm. it down to like six. Right. So you can see. So you can see that he's really pulling this shit off. There are no wires. That's the impressive, yeah. cool thing about this. And there's one that there's one um, roundhouse kick that. Uh, Jean Claude lands on uh, um, this uh, Bolo guy, uh, Bolo Young, mm-hmm. where his his foot makes full contact with the guy's face and it snaps his head so far that when it comes back, his like it's like that that like well, his lips are like still <laughs> in the original place and they're like you know like there's like some wily coyote like, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like his jowls are wobbling and shit. The, the it snapped him so hard. It's like there's got to yeah. be. There's some decent contact, and I bet that like and, and, and almost every '80s martial arts film I've ever seen, uh, read about, like people get punched for real because yeah. the choreography 
choreography. Yeah, you got $1.5 million. You're filming on location in Hong Kong. You're going to fucking cut some shorts and short some cuts. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I bet dudes took some real shots there, too. And like Mm -hmm. when they were doing the leg, the rib breaking competition, I think I mean, they're not kicking full force, but they're kicking the shit out of each other's ribs for sure. Definitely. You, You just can't really fake that particular aspect. It's a complicated figure like, uh, you know, it's, it's unlike the first two guys we talked about, uh, Arnold and Stallone, who are just first ballot, easy sail through Hall of Famers. Jean-Claude mm-hmm. and I have a feeling Steven Seagal are going to be a little bit controversial. Uh, Looking forward to that. Also, next time. Also, their impact is undeniable. Like after kind of Arnold yeah. and the Stallone got bored doing this shit, these guys were still doing it, like st- still trying to keep the 80s brainless action stuff alive. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really work, but hey, they're out there doing it. And you got to respect that. So uh, please join us on Wednesday at 1 p.m. for Working Wednesday if you want to debate. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about the new crop of badasses uh, that, that's, that's come up since, you know, the 12 years we've been doing this bald move thing. MCU has come along. The new DCU has come along. There's a whole bunch of Cavills and a whole bunch of Chris's that have to be categorized. The Rock has done a bunch of shit uh, since the last time we kind of clowned on him. It'll be interesting to see how that's the the new guys. We're going to have to categorize all of them. And then the final round of badass deliberations we're doing next week will be taking the old list and new list and merging it into the new 2021 badass bald move rankings. So it should be a good time. Mm-hmm. If you like to argue about stupid stuff on the internet and hell, who doesn't? Uh, but that's on twitch.tv coming up this Monday at 1 p.m. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying our, our nostalgic look at 80s action films. And we'll be back next week with uh, Steven Seagal under siege. Technically not an 80s action film, but mm. the DNA is there. Yeah, the, the DNA is still it's like one of those, you know, generational things where it's right in between being a zoomer and a millennial. Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, see you guys then.